T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, 1 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. And as always on a Tuesday in the 1 o'clock hour, Nate Taylor from The Athletic joining us. Of course, you hear him on the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights on 610 Sports Radio. What's going on, man? Hey, see, he's got, he didn't even know he was going to be on camera today on the video stream. Nice, crisp, clean shirt brought into the studio today. Looking good, man. What's up? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I'm happy to see the sun is out. Barely, I think. Hey, it's better than yesterday. It is. <laughs> and this morning. Uh-huh. So, no, I'm I'm doing fine. Um, trying to keep track of how many players the Chargers have on the injury report <laughs> upcoming this week. Okay. A lot. My I guess goodness. guessing who's going to play is really the fun because mm-hmm. it was reported that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to practice, but Keenan Allen made it pretty clear, didn't he, last week? He's like, I'm not playing until I'm 100% healthy. So... And you don't even ask, as a matter of fact. And you can't blame Keenan because he's been hurt his entire career. Right. And it's and I mean, I don't know if it's the same training staff, same training and medical staff throughout his career in Los Angeles, but that might play into it to a degree as well. He's obviously getting up there in age. Um, yeah, I think it's it's understandable as to why Keenan would, would make uh, such a statement or make such a, you know, an, an understanding to him and the and the team, but I mean, Justin Herbert was throwing to us out there, y'all, on Sunday night uh, in a comeback situation. Um, this is pretty much for the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two teams look vastly different than week two in Arrowhead, the amazing Amazon primetime debut. It's only been You still worse. using that fire stick they gave to the media for free? You still got that fire stick? They hand that on that press box. They they did. Um, I have Amazon <laughs> Prime. I ain't really been going for the football games of late. <laughs> Can you? They paid for like nothing but like Bears Commanders for apparently like eight straight weeks. They gave us Falcons Panthers. I mean, it's more for memes, Falcons, I guess. Yeah, you get <laughs> Titans Packers this Thursday. All right, I'll I'll, I'll check in. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what's going on. Uh, Ryan Tannehill actually looked competent. Yeah especially in the second half once he got back into a rhythm against the Denver Broncos. But, nah, man, nah. I just, I, I'm mostly here for people commenting about how um, frustrated Al Michaels is with his oh, own, yeah, with he's his own just, career decisions. He's like, screw At this point, he's like, I'm going to voice my frustration. He's just like, he's miserable kind of mm-hmm. by the time we get to the third and fourth quarter of these yeah. games. He can, doesn't care anymore. It's like the- Denny Matthews, man. It's the same thing. It's like when, when, when we're like our – it's like – 20 minutes into a, after a three-hour game. Diddy can't take it anymore. He's like, idiots, finish this game. None of us want to watch anymore. Honestly, I respect it. I don't care. (laughs) Here we are in the seventh. It's 7-2. 
Did we tell you about Tuesday at the ballpark? Yeah. Insert some promotion. Um, yeah, I I understand that. I also think, too, can, can the league just tell Al Michaels more things? Obviously, they told him that, like, we don't want um, Dan Snyder to be an owner anymore. Yeah, no he kidding. Literally he, yes. verbatim was mm-hmm. like, I will be an instrument. Um, can, can the league tell him more things? Because he actually makes it interesting if he – Obviously, is aware of things, and hey, you know, if Roger Goodell says, "Hey, dog, can you?" Uh, I mean, I know it's Amazon Prime. I know it ain't the full country, but you know, the clip will go out there. It'll be on, it'll be on the on the uh, on the internet. Uh, what do we want to do next? <laughs> that we can tell it's- Al Michaels <laughs> in between, like you said, Commanders Giants. The the Chiefs though. Getting set for this game, we didn't hear from Andy yesterday. We'll hear from him tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you have any insight at all, but because everybody's wondering really about both wide receivers for this team and their mm-hmm. status, because it's one thing for Juju, the scary, scary hit. And I want to get your perspective just on that hit in general. But Juju, concussion protocol, status up in the air. Let's say he's not a go. Then to me, like, then you do need McCole Hartman, that whatever mm-hmm. abdominal injury. And I don't know if you have any insight on that, but. You, you don't want to be without both of those guys for this game. Right. So my understanding with McColl is they did some tests on Wednesday morning and basically were like, eh, let's, let's give you some days to, like, let it heal, let it, you know, the swelling or whatever go down. Um, we'll get an update on basically tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, there's a chance he could play in Sunday's game based on my understanding. Um, I don't think it's fair for Chiefs fans to expect Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. to be on the field Sunday. The league. Um, that feels like the Tua thing. Like, even if he feels yes. good, they're not going to let him play, right? Yes. Uh, time is to your advantage um, when it comes to cognitive head injuries. Um, and I don't know how many concussions Juju has had in his career, but if you are someone who's had multiple, or if this is your second or third, you should um, you should take extreme caution um, in terms of uh, return to play. And, look, I know, like, there's been comments made by Alex Smith, who I adore – um, because now he's obviously on our side of this as, as, a, as an analyst, as a former player. And he knows, and he's said it um, in a couple places, about how you can progress through the league's concussion protocol pretty quickly. Um, and I wonder if the league understands that and now is trying to um, inform players that, like, the two weeks is really the minimum moving forward versus a week coming after having a, a head injury. Yeah, just the background on, on Juju, you can, you know, pull up his injury history. So back in 2017, he had a concussion, what they call a grade one concussion. He set out the next game for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in October of that same year, 2017, it said he, he missed minimal time in week seven, returned for week eight, concussion grade one. Uh, in 2019, concussion grade one, he's, he sustained during week 11 game, missed one game. So that's it's not it's not the first one. It's the fourth, yeah. at the very least. And we know the way the NFL standards work, probably like the tenth, mm-hmm. based on that. Which means, and some of those times, those concussion stuff can show up late. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you'd be fine for four days, and then day five, here comes the headache. Yeah, here comes the light sensitivity, mm-hmm. and there is to for especially for the Chiefs' sake. There's absolutely no reason to do it. And maybe they're feeling better today because Kadarius Tony played so great. And they're like, eh, maybe we can get by yep. for a little bit. And that's probably how I'd feel if I were Kansas City, too. Like, mm-hmm. if he needs a game or two off, at least the next two games are against the Chargers, who are not the same team, as you had pointed out, that they had faced earlier in the year. And the Rams, whose best player by a mile is now on the injured reserve. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't need the same amount of weapons to go up against those two teams. And honestly, like the Chargers game, I can't believe we're going to end up coming into this game with this list. This this little amount of hype. 
the Chiefs are massive favorites mm-hmm. to win their division now. Yep. And if they win this one, it's done. It's They'll cooked. be minus yeah. 4,000, mm-hmm. 5,000. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They'll put a number out there that no one would bet. Yeah. Um, the reason there will be a little buzz is based on the result. And I think sometimes it's okay to do this. But based on the result, the charge will be, what, 5-5? Five and five? And there will be real questions as to say, why is this not working with Brandon Staley, with obviously, you know, Justin Herbert. To some extent, it is his problem, but it's by and large the organizational's problem. And, hey, wasn't this supposed to be the defense that was best equipped, in my opinion, in my assessment in the offseason, to combat the Chiefs' offense in the division? Yeah. So I think there's little buzz going into the game, Cody, to your point, but there will be much more, I think, criticism and assessment harsh on the Chargers if they lose or if they get embarrassed in their home stadium. Um, I like to remind everybody that every Patrick Mahomes-Justin Herbert game has been dramatic, has yeah, been has. close, has been super-duper captivating. This might be the first dud if the Chiefs just come out and just execute at a very high level if they can just command the trenches on both sides of the ball, which I think there's a chance for that to occur on Sunday. But um, the hype is Herbert Mahomes. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't look at don't look at roster spots two through fifty four. Don't don't do it on the LA side. But if you're the Chargers, I would suggest not that this is a full kitchen sink game. But let's let's tink, let's, is. let's tinker some things. Well, I would actually say that like I felt what, like that's what they tried Sunday night against the 49ers. That seemed like they were knowing the Chiefs. That seemed like yes. a, a game they felt they were all in on it. Yes, and I get the sense too that like you can tinker with some things. Like, do you got any trick plays? Because now might be a time to use them. Um, hey, you you were you know I don't know if you were fairly criticized, but hey, everybody was captivated by your ability to go forward on fourth down last year. I know you sort of, you know, trended Found that. the middle ground of that. Tr- yeah, yeah, trended that downward, mostly because of personnel. And, hey, I'm an NFL coach with some experience now. Might want to ratchet that thing right back up. Um, because, you know, I thought Jacksonville last week tried their best early on, but they weren't fully committed. Like, we'll get the onside kick. But then didn't go for any of the force that they yes. should have. Still punt. Yeah. On the plus side of the field. So it's always like the half-ass version of it, so, which is never – that's the worst place to be. All in or nothing is yes. better. So, so Mr. Gold, if we're going to do it, we got to go <laughs> all the way. And, again, that's just on offense. I would not throw the kitchen sink from a defensive standpoint at Patrick Mahomes. I would just say, hey, dog, we dropping eight every down. See you in the red zone. You know, with the, <laughs> see you, see you. You can have all these yards in the middle of the field. We'll see you in the red zone and hope that either a you make a mistake or b please kick a field goal, please, please, Lord. We mentioned a little bit with Kadarius Tony earlier. I think we were all a little bit off in this regard. Like I didn't, you know, like I had questions anyway. But we all like pulled. I don't know anybody who came on the show and ourselves. Hey, what do you <laughs> think uh, his role looks like the rest of the year? Like, ah, oh, it's more about twenty twenty three. You know, two two fifty. I could see that makes sense. They'll find some spots to use him. Did the Chiefs realize they'd use him this much? Like, did they see it different than we did the whole time? Or did they just get in the middle of the game and they're like, oh. I just wonder about may, the, inj- may, you know, the like, injury as well, how much that factored into it. Yes, that factored into it to some degree. But you want to know what I think the biggest um, key is? You know, I try to tell, like, fans this to, like, 
you know, see if they can understand it, and I'll, I'll try again. Because um, some fans get it, and some fans are like, well, that just seems like a lot for, like, who knows what the benefits are. And, like, hey, that's fine. Try to put yourself in a receiver's mind. This is why they're divas <laughs> right here. Dog, I'm running wind sprints. You want me to run hard all the time. You want me to block in space for my teammate. You want me to understand the framework of the offense, which is clearly a thing in Andy Reid's system. Oh, yeah. You need to know all the positions. You need to know all the route combinations. You need to know the concepts and, like, how you can bend the rules or stay within them when it comes to Mahomes, whether he's in the pocket scrambling. There's so many things you got to think of. Do you want to just hang out with this man 24-7? Because that's what Kadarius Tony has done. Um, he landed, and then Patrick saw him the next day. I think on both sides it benefited them to do that because obviously they were excited to play with one another, and now it's like, well, we're here. We're in the facility. It's a bye week, but the superstar quarterback is like, let's go through some tape. Let me see what you like. Let me let me. Here's what coaching staff is thinking of it. Here's what Joe Blaymeyer, the wide receiver coach, kind of is seeing right now. Oh, Andy's always here. So now he's going to walk us through a few things. And, hey, we can go outside and pass the ball for a little bit, you know. And all of a sudden, he's in the facility all the time. He's in the playbook. He is he is attached to Patrick Mahomes' hip like Travis Kelsey is all the time. And you wonder, why does that matter? Or how does that connect on the field? Got to know what the quarterback's thinking within all the other stuff that is required from a receiver standpoint of, like, coverage, leverage. Where's my split? What is the down and distance? If the quarterback scrambles, am I coming this way, that way? How does he like to see me in zone coverage? What does he see that I need to see so that I can get the ball? No one has done it this fast. And I think that surprised the Chiefs as much as it has surprised us, which is like Kadarius Tony kind of understands everything and is he's got a good feel for it apparently and has yet to make a like legitimate mistake whether that's film study in the facility or on the field in practice and on game day so if the quarterback is like this feels good and if he's this wide open because and this is to the chief's credit in terms of projecting ahead for 2023 mm-hmm. mvs running deep routes hey you gotta cover that because he's really fast, and the quarterback can actually get the ball there. So every safety's playing back anyway, even though it's not the same as Tyreek Hill. Well, Travis Kelsey takes all the attention. The reason Kadarius Tony is so wide open is because the Chiefs are in the red zone, and the Jaguars are like, he cannot touch the ball, he being Travis Kelsey. Why is there three dudes next to him and nobody's next to that guy who ran just the decoy jet sweep? So when you add a McCole Harmon back into the mix, as long as he's in these one-on-one scenarios, as long as he's in that zone look that Mahomes like, I mean, he can catch the high point. He can make yep, something out of, out of nothing in the short yardage situation. Obviously, Andy likes what he sees so far. So there's a reason to believe the production is just going to go way quicker, rise much faster than anybody anticipated because the wide receiver has now gotten the full trust of the quarterback and you can only build on that more as the season goes along. We're talking to Nate Taylor from the athletic. He's in studio with us here on Cody and gold Clyde Edwards, Alaire, just six snaps. Uh, they threw the ball to him twice uh, on those six snaps. Mm-hmm. Pacheco, even with the fumble Andy went right back to the rookie show, yep. trusted him and the rookie uh, obviously went out there and performed after the fumble was able to, to have a decent day on the ground. Is that what we should expect the rest of the way or would we be surprised in a week or so that Clyde suddenly has 15 snaps and 20 snaps again? I think 12 to 15 seems reasonable for Clyde. Here's what I would look for 
if I'm Brendan Staley telling the Chargers. Guys, their best runner is Isaiah Pacheco. Straight up a fact. And their best pass catcher is McKinnon, right? Correct. And best pass protector. Oh, no, by far, pass protector, yeah. So anytime Clyde's on the field in these 12 to 15 snaps that we can project, because Andy will want to keep some level of balance because it will still allow defenses to have to account for more players in the skill position area, screens, angle routes, the occasional handoff on an inside zone counter read coming out of shotgun by and large, and he is pretty good still when Patrick scrambles. Now, we haven't seen it a ton, but those are the four things that I would say. I would love to see the Chiefs use Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the screen game, and there have been times against the Chargers where he's run these short routes designed for running backs with great pass-catching ability and ability to like maybe make the first guy miss. One of his best plays of the season in that Thursday night game was an angle route, and he blew up Derwin James. So, fellas, they might run it again. And, you know, if he gets the ball, try to contain him to two to three yards because that's what any statistical analysis will tell you. He does not break tackles at the rate you want, and he does not push the pile forward the same way Pacheco does. So I still think there's a role for Clyde to play. It might benefit the Chiefs against certain opponents, but I do think they are going to use Clyde to some degree. But on first down, second down runs, we want to we want to move people. That'll be Isaiah Pacheco moving forward. They're going to move him in the offseason? Well, they like holding running backs hostage because Ronald you, Jones keeps tweeting about you, it. So what, I know that they'll just hold on to a guy. Say, what are you, you going to get, a six-round pick? Fifth yeah, round probably. Pick? Oh, I'm not saying you get much. Everybody yeah. knows it's sunk cost at this point. Yeah, you're I not still, get, you're I never getting your value back. You shouldn't have spent a first in the, you know, to begin with. There's always, there's, you know, this is not, uh, this is not going to be uh, exciting to probably our listeners, but I always tell people that like he's still on the rookie contract. Yeah, it's still cheap. a relatively cheap contract. Um, you might go pick up that fifth year option. So basically, you could treat him as a third, fourth, or fifth round pick at this point. And that's how I would consider Chiefs fans look at him moving forward. He's no longer a first round pick. He's a second to third to fourth, somewhere in that category. And if you reevaluate him that way, you can maybe get a really good season next year out of him because he will have known the offense. He will be another year in the system. Guys on the team like him. It's not like he's an issue no. in the locker room or in the meeting rooms. I think he's done a very good job of um, understanding Pacheco's talents while also being aware that, like, for a myriad of reasons, it just hasn't worked out so far in his NFL career. And, look, if Patrick is telling everybody in the world the, the hole's going to develop that way and you run opposite, well – I mean, this is just the reality of the situation, but maybe you can get better in your fourth year. It's, it just takes guys sometimes longer than you expect, than you want, than you anticipate. But I would at least make some calls, but I would probably keep him with the team for 2023 with the understanding that like he could still be a pass-catching weapon if, say, Jerick McKinnon is not on the team next year. We've talked a lot about the offense, of course, understandably so. What about this defense? That you know, Trent McDuffie. Last week we asked you. Really hadn't seen a test yet. You had mentioned Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm with you. Yep. Uh, one, they might get a test if Williams and Keenan Allen are available on Sunday. That'd be a great test. But he, to me, had his first test because it wasn't just that he was covering so well that they wouldn't throw the ball in his direction. The Jags threw in his direction, and and I thought we got our answer and saw him actually make a play. Yes. In coverage, which was a great sign. Yeah, and he's just. I think the word that keeps coming to me is he's smooth and he's technically sound. Um, he gets his head around. It sounds yeah. silly, but it's just like 
He always feels like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel that way about the corners all the time, Nate. Not gonna lie. Fenton was the opposite. I always felt like he was doing what he wasn't supposed to be. Fenton was the he was the hero we all we all loved, which is that was gonna I be the most use, hated player on the team. I gotta use every trick in the book. Let me hold you, let me rough you up, let me um you know, kind of be in the, the way. rest of ours pickup strategy for yes, basketball, right? Yes. I mean, he a junkyard cornerback, basically. <laughs> um, now, when you get to the elite elite talent, yeah, I ain't got much for you. But, you know, on a down and down basis, Rashad Fitton developed into being a, you know, a decent starter that you can yeah. play in the NFL. For Trent McDuffie, he's not making the mental errors. And again, I don't know who's going to have to cook him first. Maybe it's Jefferson Jefferson, J- Justin Jefferson. He ain't on the schedule. Um, Thank God. I think Tyreek Hill is coming because I think the Dolphins. He's are- also not on the schedule, though, Nate. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I think the Dolphins and the Chiefs are going to see one another at some point. In, in fairness, late January. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's Trent McDuffie or the reincarnation of. Deion Sanders? Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Tyreek's cooking everybody. Pretty much. It's not like you're winning that battle if you have Jalen Ramsey. No, everyone's losing that battle right now. Yeah. And it's the the same reason for everything. It's the combination. Yes. It's like, he's great, but then also Jalen Waddell. So it's like, you really do, you can't win. It's a losing proposition. Your plan is to outscore them, which has worked for some teams. Yeah, and to get to the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think... You know, the 40 time has really jumped out to Trent McDuffie. It's translated onto the field. He was a 4-4 guy uh, coming into the league. That appears to be right on what the eyes sort of show you. And, yeah, um, I think the next thing that we'll want to see is what is he in zone coverage more. They've kept it pretty basic for him, based on my understanding is. And it's not like cover three, cover one stuff. Like, cover one is basically no one get behind you. Same as man-to-man. Hey, cover three. Can you just keep everybody in front of you, you know, and then read and react to the ball? I'm looking for more cover six, cover nine, a little bit of cover two, like some more exotic stuff with blitzes behind it. So if they show more of that as the season goes along, I think that's a great sign for McDuffie. And then we can we'll see if he can drive on the ball. You know, the the one slight criticism about this secondary is there are no ball hawks. That but that's the whole defense, Nate. Well, I guess Willie Gay is their most athletic one who could yeah. make a play on the ball. Um, but they don't really have a ball hawk in the secondary. They're just fundamentally sound, don't give up the big play, keep everything in front of you, which, you know, can work in a lot of games. But maybe McDuffie, because he's had limited experience, because he is a first-round draft pick, maybe he can make a couple splash plays. The last time they had one was against Justin Herbert. I was saying, Watson. Jalen Watson. 99 yards. That one was yeah. kind of important. <laughs> just a little. Just just, just a little a bit. Just a tad. I, I think, though, and I don't know where you're at, uh, I know Frank's able to come back from suspension. We'll come back from suspension uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. Frank Clark, that is. I think Carlos Dunlap needs to be rotating in more, even when Frank's back. I've been really impressed with what we've seen from, from Carlos Dunlap the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, yes. Uh, someone mentioned this to me, and I, I can't look right now on Twitter um, yeah. to, to obviously identify them. It was I, probably Alex. But the, <laughs> although I appreciate them. But they said, like, is he going to have the same hunger now that he's had 100 sacks? 
Interesting. And you I think was, he was fighting for the hundred? And I was like, well, he would it, just turn it off just like that mid-season. The Vin, uh, no, I'm not saying yeah, that, but the Venn diagram was when over, he got to 98 and when he started going. Yeah, uh, started maybe just got healthy though. Could be the Venn diagram of that Achilles stopped hurting and he started playing good. True. Um, I will ask him that next time I see him. Hopefully, uh, at some point this week. But you know, that's a fair question. You know, uh, now it's going from personal pride and success to now team success, which he hasn't had a ton of in his career. Um, it would be easy this game to do exactly what you're asking, Alex, to just say like, hey, he's been in, he's been really good these last two weeks. Frank, you haven't been with us the last two because of suspension. We're going to ease you back in. That is what Andy Reid by and large generally always does to make sure that you don't aggravate something, you know, in the first game back. Um, that makes sense. Um, I just think now they have like legitimate options based on what we've seen with Frank Clark playing his best game right before his suspension. We'll see if that continues. Um, Dunlap with what he's done. I know George Karloftis does not have a ton of sacks, but he leads the league for rookie pass rushers and pressures this season. Um, so he's always around the quarterback, at least influencing the quarterback in some, you know, in some manner. Now those quarterbacks have been Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and, you know, Malik Willis, who was very slippery. Um, so Dunlap thinks Karloffis is going to get a few sacks here and there because he's gaining understanding of the system and obviously coming better at just having a plan. Um, and, yeah, Mike Dana now can move inside and be a pretty good speed rusher next to Chris Jones, which is, you know, a really nice element that they weren't really having earlier in the season. So they have a number of guides. But, yeah, I would, I would continue to ride the Karloftis development over time with Dunlap probably being the starter. And then you mix Frank in and Mike Dana as the game sort of rolls along. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Check out his work for them, of course, here on Monday nights for the Nate Taylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. Always good to have you in studio. Really appreciate it. Coming up next, we will get to What's Your Fantasy on Cody and Gold. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Cody and Gold. Thanks again to Nate Taylor from The Athletic joining us in studio. I want to get back to what he said about Tony and Mahomes' relationship. I thought that was really interesting, really good stuff. Kind of breaking down Tony's arrival to Kansas City and why we've maybe already seen this bit of success for Tony. I thought that was really great insight, as always. 
from Nate Taylor. And, and don't forget, if you don't ever listen to the Nate Taylor Show live on Monday nights, you can, of course, listen to it on 610sports.com or the Odyssey app as well. But uh, Carrington and Nate do a great job on that show. It do you is think time. That, oh, hold on. Oh, we, before yep, we do what's your fantasy, yep. um, is it just that the lighting's better or is Nate just more handsome than us? Because on the live stream, Nate looked better than I all think of it's us. Both. I think multiple I think things can be true at once. Yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> I think I think it's both for sure. Yeah. A lot working against us there, it seemed like. Yeah. Nate looked I mean, almost perfect on the live stream. He did. Crystal he also, clear. He also isn't trying to grow facial hair. He's made a decision and knows that maybe yeah, it's not true. a good thing. Yours is okay, showing up Okay, so can I shave to, mine? No, because he didn't, he didn't agree to no shave November. Okay. You're always trying to, like, guilt me into, like, it's, I've chosen this life. No, it's just it's the, the, the sh- sad the, the beard chin is really what The chin is really what does it. Yeah. Should we give them another close-up for what's, no, my the, fa- what's your fantasy? Why, let's get to what's your fantasy, but why do you need a – we don't want to hurt viewership or listenership talking more about your – got to figure out a way to make it um, – Dark in here? Yeah. Yeah. We were trying mood to, like, lighting. maybe set the mood today, mm. but it turns out because there's lighting coming from, like, eight different directions, it's a very hard thing to replicate. We'll figure it out. You mm. know, we're in the workshopping phase. Of this new streaming venture. So, mm. what if we could get uh, like a fully re- automatic, like blackout curtain that comes down, oh, like you, you know, know yeah, via like yeah, a let's switch? Just, let's just buy some blackout curtains. Yeah, let's just let's just do that and just have the studio pitch black every day. No, just for this segment. Yeah, let's hang those up during the break. Mm-hmm. We're creating a lot of work for ourselves. No, that's why I'm saying it's not. That's happen. pretty much what we're always doing here, isn't All right. it? I, I want to talk about more trade deadline stuff, fantasy football trade deadline stuff. And if you have any fantasy questions, football or otherwise, 913-586-7610. How do you handle a fire sale? And I don't mean a fire sale in that you're just gutting your roster. And- oh, I thought you were talking about like live free, die hard, the fire sale in the movie where there's a hacker and he says it's a fire, it's a fire sale. Uh, no, that is not even close oh, to what I was talking about. That's a very dated reference. And like know. super, super specific. It was on TV know? the other night. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I knew there had to have been some connection going on. I watched it again, yeah. So the, if you're in a situation, I, I'm in a situation like this in one of my leagues where things aren't going according to plan, but it's not just because my roster is devoid of talent. It's just devoid in very specific areas. Case in point, I have Justin Jefferson, who any team would want to have. Unfortunately, my running back situation is dire, as is my quarterback situation. Teams recognize that. They know I'm trying to make a late season push. So everybody's coming and throwing me offers towards Justin Jefferson. The problem with a player like that or Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, any of the guys at the very top of the guys you want the rest of the season is it always seems like there's no adequate return that you can get in exchange for someone who can go off for 30 plus points on any given week. So my question to you guys is, how do you handle it? Is there a deal I, worth making for players that are that good? I will occasionally make deals like that over the years. And more often than not, Nick, I have to look at it as a two for one. Like, are both of the players I'm getting in return for this going to start for me all the time? That's the only time I'm going to make it. Sure, none of them are going to put up the production of Justin Jefferson. But if you trade for, let's say, Tua, and you're convinced he'll be your starting quarterback the rest of the way, and in addition to that, you get one of the better running backs available, just not the one as good as Justin Jefferson, then I do sometimes consider those kinds of trades. It's tough because what a lot of teams will do is they'll say, oh, you have a great player. Let me give you my three worst players, three for one. Yeah, see, it's not – and this is why yeah, it's like, so – They'll diff- all three play for you. You're like, pass, yeah. I don't want any of them to play <laughs> right. for me. This is why it's so difficult, and at least in our league, 
the, I've been playing with for friends for a while. It's like it just it, trades don't happen because what Nick just said is what is that is exactly what occurs. Where it's like, oh, but they're they're three decent players. Like, yeah, I don't I don't need three of them. This is why every league, way. every league should give you the chance to trade draft picks because then that can always make yeah, the deal see, make that, more that, sense. Not in Nick's case where both teams are both trying to still win. That can't happen. But if a team knows they're losing, is willing to give up some good talent and cover their ass, there I, might be a you know draft pick. Involved. If you're doing a keeper league or a dynasty league, I think the draft pick thing can work. But if you're just in a standard redraft every year, and, and for the most part, those leagues don't have a ton of turnover, but you don't know for sure if everybody's Man, is your long-term committed. friendly a redraft league? Yeah. So Dude, is mine. Man. So is, yeah, so yeah, is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah, we've like- had the same. Like, we're, it, it's like the most basic old school fantasy football league because everybody just liked it. We, we've kept it the same since we were in junior high doing the league together. It's like standard scoring still. We haven't switched to PPR and we've had the same maybe five or six people and then we've had some new guys come and go throughout. From the 785, which wide receiver did you add? Christian Watson or Kadarius Tony? I think Christian, coming off a 100 well, yard game. W- Watson's still going to get more opportunities and and not just because he's got a three-touchdown game. I mean, that, I do think that's the start of something, but Watson's just going to get more opportunities. He's the number Tony. one there. Yeah. I know, but his previous games were uh, one yeah. catch for eight yards, one for one, one for 12, two for 24, and then four for 107. Yeah. Look, he's, Kadarius Tony at best is going to be the number four option in this offense. Yeah, you're taking a chance either way, so I guess you add Watson, but I don't think that either is going to save your season. Who's, who's a, how are they available in your league, by the way? What league are you in that where Watson and Tony are both available? I mean, good. Could I mean, like a 10 part. It could be in the Cody Gold Guillotine League, as Casey Kurt, who sent that is. I know, but, that, but that's. At that that's point, you're looking for better players than Christian Watson or Kadarius Tony, probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Text line, stop fighting. We're not fight, fighting. We were fighting earlier. Now, it's been mostly peaceful. We, fought, we so. fought at the beginning of the show. Yeah, but we're not. Family yeah, That was hours ago. Do you want to fight again? Uh, not right now. Tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. You got a problem with me? <laughs> you got a problem, pal? Pal? Yeah. You like that? I love Nick doing this while we have video now because it just doesn't make any sense anymore. What do you mean? You th- you're saying my bits don't work on video? No, I'm saying someone else is commented as well throughout the number one comment the first two days of the stream have been about you have been about you and how you don't look how they thought you looked what can i say <laughs> i'm not sure it was a compliment though <laughs> i'll take it as a compliment no fair enough well my beard looks a little scragglier than it normally does i usually like to keep it a little tight but we're raising money for pro- how much money have we raised by the way for prostates well, we had a conversation about this. Don't act like this is. We all had an off-air conversation about the charity element. Today. I don't remember that. And remember. as a showy, and we decided that we're going to put all our resources towards our toy drive that we'll be doing once again on Tuesday, December thirteenth. And we'll all have beards to look like Santa. Wait, I don't need to keep this beard till December thirteenth, do I? It might help. <laughs> I don't. No, it won't. Mm. No kid is going to come see a Santa with this beard. Here's the here's the problem with the Santa costume this year. Last year, no offense, Cody. You were you could fill out the suit. Uh, this it was year, big on me still. Th- this year, I don't know how that suit's going to look bad on all three of us. Doesn't matter. Let's get it. Uh, let's get it tailored. Okay. Can we get it taken in a little? Hmm. Yeah, for a for a suit that costs ten dollars, it will cost twenty dollars to tailor it. <laughs> so, someone says drop Dolchich or Jawan Johnson, the two tight ends. Obviously, the one for the Broncos. Both, and then I one guess. Jawan Johnson. Yeah. You know, do you need either? I guess Jawan Johnson, but I don't. I think, sir, I think your team might suck. Yeah, I'm thinking you might not be <laughs> headed for a postseason run anyway. Maybe he had, maybe he ran into some tight end troubles. You know, Darren Waller's Drop on him IR. All and quit. Darren Waller's on IR. Maybe, you know, maybe things are thin. You know, good teams can have bad tight ends. Not hard because there aren't that many mm-hmm. good fantasy tight ends. 
Yeah, I think mine are pretty weak right now. Darren Waller's on IR, and I'm rolling out Evan Evan Ingram. Now, he had a touchdown called back against the Chiefs. Otherwise, he at least would have got a couple points there. Sorry, they committed a penalty. Don't know what to say. They, they did commit one. Yes. Fantasy's hard, guys. The <laughs> the Nate Taylor part about Tony was interesting. It was. Because I think even the Chiefs, from the way he describes it, are probably a little surprised that he was where he was when they got in. Because there's only so much you can see inside the facility. I'm guessing you could ask someone over there how adept he is, but they're not going to reveal. They're, they're going to be like, well, he's great. I mean, you know, they're getting ready to try to trade him for the maximum allowable assets. I think to a point, everyone should be surprised that he is at the level he already appears to be through a single game because he's already essentially at the production level that I thought might be possible for the entire season. And if it really is as simple as he was just in the hip pocket of Patrick Mahomes from the second he stepped foot in Kansas City and he's done nothing but try to it out from there, then good. Because then he will play a factor for this team this year, even though that really wasn't a big part of our no. conversation day one when that trade was made. No, it wasn't. But I, I definitely love hearing the insight from from Nate on that, that he's been able to just pick up things so quickly. And, you know, the questions people had, the unknown, like, why did it not work in New York? And, like, was it because he was he lazy? Was it they weren't utilized? Like, all this. Whatever it was, honestly, it doesn't matter anymore. Because hearing what Nate said about how quickly he was willing to work uh, to figure this thing out in Kansas City, that's all that I care about. Now, who cares what happened in New York? Truly, it doesn't matter anymore. And it seems like that's the thought process that he's taking. I've got a chance to play with the best quarterback in football, the great offensive mind at head coach, and I'm on a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going I'm to bust my ass and make this work because if I can't make it work here, how on earth is anybody going to make, make, you know, anybody going to believe that I can make it work anywhere else? So I think, that, to me, is kind of the mindset you have to have. And so I, I love hearing that uh, from the, the minute he stepped off a plane at KCI, was able to uh, to pick things up for the Chiefs and spend a bunch of time with, with Mahomes and make this thing work, and it's paying just, off already. It's always the same thing. It's like, how did this not work in New York? Like, I understand that, like, things happen gold and there's reasons why you're not motivated in, in particular cities and your circumstances are different and all these things that can factor into why – it wasn't working there versus working here, at least to a point. But at all, like at all, you couldn't find room for a guy who, by all accounts, in his time in Kansas City, is a hard worker, quick learner, smart and athletic. I don't know what the problem is here. Like, he understands the playbook quick. He's super athletic. Like, how did you not find a way to get back on better terms with him? Get him on the field. I've watched the rest of their wide receivers. They're not good. How was there not space for this? They've, they've even given Kenny Galladay another shot. Now, they got a lot more money tied up in him. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they had no assets tied up in Tony. They had a first-round pick. I understand, again, that it was not their problem. But neither was Galladay. And they were still trying to find ways to get him on the field. That was the part that I didn't see coming on the back end of this. Like, I don't think we can just be like, well, I guess he's a 70-yard-a-game he's a guy now for the no, rest no, of the no, season. No, 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 no. I think that would be foolish to probably take that leap or assume that. There's an equal chance that he could just come in this next game and be one catch for 10 yards. Definitely. On 15, you know, mm-hmm. uh, snaps. It's just as plausible that that's what occurs. But it's clearly more likely he impacts this team this year and in the postseason than I ever thought. Yeah, and then we were talking about the health at the, the rest of the wide receiver core. And, you know, Juju seemingly, you know, not very likely that he plays on, on Sunday. And then McColl, uh, it didn't sound like Nate thinks it's like a sure thing that McColl's playing. Well, if both those guys aren't available Sunday, then... Kadarius Tony is going to have every opportunity again to step up and have a kind of a featured role 
not just like, here, we're going to give him touches. But if, if you're out two wide receivers and it's MVS and Tony and, and Justin Watson with Kelsey, then Tony's going to, to have plenty of opportunity against a rough Chargers defense. You would think so. And That's, rough, in, rough know, like, in, a, in a way we're meaning rough for them. Great he, for Kansas City. Yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned the – I mean, he mentioned the Chargers and, like, if they lose this game, then maybe the conversation starts where, like, what's going wrong with Staley? And as much as I, it'd be easy to just pick on the offense and be like, you know, they should score more or whatever, Dude, the biggest problem with Staley is they can't play defense. They don't play a lick of defense, Gold. They have plenty of money tied up in it. They have star-level talent over the course of the last two years at times on that defense when healthy, and they stink. They consistently stink at defense. And just as a quick reminder, Alex – what was Brandon Staley's background before arriving to the Chargers as far as coordinating Definitely goes? Definitely a defensive background, yeah. Yeah, so why? Why are you bad at coaching this defense? Why is this defense so bad? Like, there's got to be at some point that you have to ask yourself that question specifically well, when I, it I comes look, to I that. Think before the season, we said if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, then his, he should be let go. Um, and I think that'll be a conversation that absolutely happened. It depends to what extent. Like, are they just, ha- you know, do they win nine games and they don't get it? Or do yeah. they finish with, you know, eight? I think there's I mean, different Right now, it seems like it. it's kind of hard for them to finish with, like, six or seven wins, obviously, sure. because they're already at the five Unless marker. Unless everything really falls apart. Yeah, so it feels more likely that they're a nine and eight team I, or eight and nine team if they miss the postseason at this rate. I think the injuries are going to save his job. I think he's going to be able to, and they're going to be able to evaluate and say, look, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams out multiple weeks. Uh you know, Tillery pick wasn't his fault, but we ended up cutting him. Just not that, you know, that, that player. They're going to say that J.C. Jackson, our big offseason acquisition, hurt, for the, hurt for the season. Bosa hurt during the – I think they can make a case that, look, he didn't have much I of mean, a I'm chance. sure that's what I'd be saying if I were Brandon Staley. Yeah. And that, it depends, like, what, you know, what, what his relationship is like with general manager there. But that, that's why I think he still will actually be able to keep his job unless it just becomes a disastrous final eight games for them. The text line is volunteering to be Santa. They're like, you uh, you know, we'll get somebody else to be in the suit. Well, we know we can find someone to play Santa. The, 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 the funny part was us pretending to be Santa. And we can find I think we're just going to have to do it again. Stuff Santa. a pillow in your shirt, just like you did last time. We need like five of I them. actually had the pillow stuffed in my pants. Oh. Thanks. <sighs> Why, man? It was his own pillow, at least, I think, right? And I got Pete, no, Pete was, Sweeney sending me a text. Said, did whose you pillow eat? was it? It was Cody's. Oh, you slept with that pillow again? What? Well, I didn't put it under the underpants. Okay. <laughs> the underpants. By the way, for those asking, <laughs> Pete Sweeney sent me a text said, did you eat that egg salad yet? No, because we finally convinced Cody to eat the damn sa- egg salad sandwich. We went to break. I went to the vending area, and it was gone, and I still think that he intentionally got rid of it. That's why he agreed to do it today. Come on. You know and that it was gone. the vending guy. Well, it's gone. And that's I've why agreed that if it. the text line will come up with at least the $76 that was promised earlier, if I yeah. ate the half a sandwich, that if it shows back up, I'll eat it. Okay. And I, we're going to have to make sure. I, and he, I think we have to wait, though, till it gets close to the Best Buy day. You don't get it. The first day it's stocked, you don't get to eat it now. It's the same scenario. We have to wait at least a week or so. The final word. You don't get it I fresh. Have to wait a week now. Let me get, get it fresh. fresh. You don't get it fresh. You got to wait till it's the same scenario. That seems like a terrible deal for me. I don't know, man. Not so sure. I'd rather just eat it. You said it was best best on that date, is what you told me mm-hmm. earlier. So it's usually ten to twelve days into it. How about I whip you up an egg salad sandwich and bring it in tomorrow? I mean, Ooh. I still don't want to eat that, but it would be infinitely better than whatever was coming out of that vending machine. Maybe. I'm not sure the text lines want to pay $76 for it because yours look, will look at least I'll make sure it, semi-appetizing. No, no, I'll make sure it looks bad.
the look on Nick's face when he's like, I'll whip that up for you. Just don't, don't, no well, I just love the trust no. that Cody's putting in me. Yeah. Uh, gives me a lot of leeway there. Thanks again to Michael Masti of the Kansas City Royals for filling in for Vinny Pasquantino as our NFL insider. Uh, it's prompted Michael Massey to get on Twitter now, and they're they're joking back and forth about whether or not he's been Wally Pipped as the NFL insider or not. Uh, so thanks again to him coming on. We're back at it tomorrow from 10 to 2. Up next, The Drive with CDOT here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Casey Bobcat. Rent or own from Casey Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Former Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson joins Fesco in the morning, Mondays at 7.30 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.